Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Today's guest was raised to be successful. From her family home to graduating magna cum laude from Duke University, a path to corporate success and quote-unquote happiness was almost set in stone. But after working part-time on her side hustle, Sophia decided to take the leap and leave her cushy corporate job to pursue it full-time. Now, Sophia is the co-founder and COO of Pink Collar Employment Agency, a Malaysian professional migrant recruitment agency that helps people whose labour is not only unseen, but often demonised. In today's episode, Sophia shares how she left her corporate role to pursue her passion and work to reduce inequality, eradicate modern slavery and uplift women, why we should listen to the voice inside of us as it grows louder, and how to choose hope during the dark days. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project, so the other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Sophia. Sophia, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So you you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the incredible work you're doing in the recruitment and social entrepreneurship space, I knew I had to have you come on the show, Sophia. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course. 
Amazing. So for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Sophia Jamal. I was born and raised in Malaysia. Um, and I'm currently one of the co-founders as well as the chief operating officer of Pink Collar Employment Agency. And we are a professional recruitment agency with ethical hiring and sourcing practices for migrant domestic workers. Basically, we ensure that when we recruit workers into Malaysia to work as domestic workers or domestic helpers, as they're known colloquially, in our country, we ensure that we eliminate any forms of human trafficking and modern slavery practices throughout our entire recruitment pipeline. Oh my goodness, Sophia. Wow. You know, just just awe-inspiring and I think just such impactful work that you're doing. And I can't wait to dive deeper into the business. Before we do, I'd love to start with a conversation and a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what was it like growing up in Malaysia and KL? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? I was actually born in Subang Jaya, which is a suburban area in Selangor. So people normally know of KL, but Selangor is pretty popular as well in, in Malaysia. And I have two younger sisters. And I think that my childhood was pretty standard. I went to a public school here in Malaysia for both primary and secondary. I grew up loving to read. And I think I would have to owe that to my parents. My parents are both avid readers. And my mom in particular introduced me to lots of pretty serious books when I was really young, now thinking back. <laughs> At the age of 11 and 12, I was already reading books about you know, social justice issues. And, you know, maybe other kids would want to buy, you know, new games during the holidays or during their birthdays. But I would beg to just go to the bookstore to get more books to read. And my dad, he's actually a qualified dentist, but he ended up leaving the dental practice to set up his own business. So he's always been very entrepreneurial. And I think I didn't understand it back then, right, as a, as a young child. But now I think that I do see quite a bit of myself in him. Oh my gosh, I love that. Good on your mum for just giving you all the hard stuff, you know, no sheltered childhood. You know, this is what it's like out there. Get prepared and read up, you know, and that your dad, I love that, that he was an entrepreneur himself. I guess when you look back, when you think of Sophia in the early days, you know, you're reading, you're probably just reading some more and getting your hands and feet dirty. But you know, what do you think was the number one lesson that your parents taught you? I think to be brave. Yeah, they would probably laugh if they heard that. I don't tell them that frequently, but I think that both my parents, you know, they're very courageous in their own ways. They would, you know, push me to join a lot of school activities, drama class, public speaking, debate. And I think that I was obviously like, you know, nervous, but they would say, hey, you got to do it. And, and they would support me. Like I remember just being in, in their room at night and they'd be like, okay, practice your speech again. They would listen. And so they always told me that, yeah, you could, you can do it. Like you need to believe in yourself. So I think they really did push me to, to take action, even when I felt nervous and scared. And I think maybe like now when I look back, it has culminated into who I am today, bit by bit. I love that. For our peers out there listening who really struggle with that, 
you know, believing and being brave and believing in themselves and what they're trying to do. You know, I remember myself in the early years in business, especially, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Like, who am I to do this? You know, what advice would you give to us around getting better at believing that we're the one to pursue our own dreams and having the courage to be brave? That's a great question. You know, there's no easy answer and I don't think it's something that you can gain overnight. And I think that people sometimes think, you know, you just take a leap of faith and that leap happens in one sweep, but it really isn't. Like for me, before I started Pink Collar with co-founders and joined full-time, they had actually started on the incorporation of the company before I did. I was actually working at corporate and I think for the longest time I was really debating seriously, like, do I want to leave corporate or not? My advice is to get your feet like dirty, right? So actually do the work already. So I was working full-time in this corporate job, but part-time on a volunteer basis on pink collar already. And I actually did that for eight months. So on top of my day job, you know, at night I would work on pink collar. And I think what happens is that the voice in your head that at first starts really, really soft, right? Just gets louder and louder. And at some point, like, I remembered I couldn't sleep one night. I was just thinking about it, like the whole night. And when I woke up in the morning, I I knew I had to do it. Like I, I sent an email to my co-founders and I said, I, I think I want to join full-time. It wasn't like a magical moment. It was a lot of small moments that built into like a strong momentum at the very end, I would say. How do we get better at listening to that voice in our head? It can be so hard to just actually act on it. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that when you ask that question, I mean, it's not just in the early days of business, right? When you're wondering like, can we pull this off? But it's also even after when you're going through business challenges, when you're scaling. And for Pink Collar, we were really impacted by COVID because our business is in the business of international migration. So obviously we couldn't do anything. We couldn't bring workers in. The borders were shut down. There was so much uncertainty. My answer to that really, when I felt like that, I think is remember that you're not alone. For me, I had co-founders. We had an amazing mentor. And sometimes I think that in the journey of business, it can feel lonely, right? If you don't recognize that you can share that you're struggling and that you can seek for support. And for me, I think in those moments when you feel like in that moment, you don't have courage, right? And of course, like we're human, we're not going to feel like we have courage all the time, like every single hour. It really helps to then lean into someone else's strength, right? In that moment. That would be my advice. I couldn't agree more. I think having those people to lean on during the tough times. I want to go a bit deeper into the tough times for you, Sophia. So firstly, COVID, let's just start there. COVID. Was there ever a point during that time where you just thought, what are we doing? How am I here? I should have stayed in corporate. You know, for our peers out there listening who perhaps are going through that now, they've taken the lead. They've done the first hard step and they're in now. But things aren't going as planned. And in fact, it's going backwards. What advice would you give to us? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. There were, of course, mornings where, you know, I would wake up and 
just lay in bed for a little bit longer and and just you know wonder like how are we going to get through this week or this month and of course we were working from home so you didn't have that community support right with colleagues and co-founders in that moment what really helped us going was two things i would say one is conviction of our work and i think that if it isn't obvious already i think that the beneficiaries that we serve the filipino migrant domestic workers i think that they're a huge source of inspiration for us right because another challenge that workers faced as well when they were already working here is that now with the movement control order they couldn't even leave their homes right the houses that they were working at on their weekends and they were going through like mental health issues as well their families back at home were struggling can you imagine going through covid when your children are not by your side right and i think that remembering that these women we exist for these women and their families i think that really helped give us strength and we are a very value driven organization <laughs> another thing is that sometimes it's about making the choice to believe in something even when things around you make it seem really hard at pink collar we're very serious about our culture so we have you know a culture code um every new employee that joins us would run through our culture code with us and one of it is about how hope is a state of the mind as well and of course during the time the world just seemed like it was going bonkers right and we really had to decide like are we going to choose to be hopeful now and so for me like it was a, a very intentional choice even if it didn't feel good there were some days that felt really dark right when we were considering like whether we had enough cash flow to to last how many months how many weeks so one is like going back to what i said being resourceful so taking one week at a time and being like okay we don't know next month we don't know what's going to happen but we can control what happens this week and next week and just taking literally that kind of week by week month on month mindset every time and bolstering that with hope right because that allows us to keep moving forward even when we can't see 3 months into the future even choosing hope i love that honestly i feel like as an entrepreneur and you know i'm so sure so many of our peers out there listening those who are aspiring and those who are deep in the trenches like us you know i think the idea around getting through the hard times as best you can is so so important and i think sometimes this idea of entrepreneurship can be glamorized you know all the sexy awards and what it looks like and i'm in my own boss and in so many ways it is awesome but in so many ways the things that we have to deal with like what you've just explained sophia you know that's our job for our peers out there listening who aren't yet clear on their why and they don't know what they're really doing with their time they don't know what impact they want to make in the world they know they want to make an impact but they just have no idea like what it's going to be what advice would you give to us around discovering our purpose or our why Oh I I love this question because I think that it's something that a lot of millennials um young millennials right we always talk about and I also think that sometimes there is an overhype on you know young entrepreneurs what we've achieved at this stage you know in our lives in those terms I would say take the time to understand yourself without feeling the pressure to hit a certain milestone right because i think that in order to find your why it has to be it has to come from an intrinsic 
sort of motivation rather than because rather than for the sake of it, right? And everyone has different whys and it may not look like entrepreneurship, right? Like it could be being a really, really great team member, right? And supporting a vision that is already out there that you believe in, right? If there's an organization that already speaks to you, join that organization, for example. It doesn't have to look one way, right? It looks very different for different people. Number two, I think take that time to like discover yourself in a way that isn't filled with pressure, right? Because I think people are like, oh, I have to know, I have to like feel this way by the age of 25 or like 30, 35, 40, 45. But I really don't think so. And my dad became an entrepreneur in, in his 40s. And I think sometimes every single thing you do and every single experience that you participate in up to that point does shape you, right? As long as you keep your heart open, you know, your mind open, and you're exploring and discovering yourself and your values. Another thing I think is try to understand your values. When I mean understand yourself, understand your values. Because your values can take you to places that specific goals on paper may not. When you have a strong value, many doors open that is related to that value, even when you didn't think it was. Like for me, I never thought I'm going to be you know, a business owner for a recruitment agency, like a recruitment agency. What is that for migrant workers? And when I first left corporate, a lot of people in corporate, you know, they were like shocked. Like, what are you doing? Like the only people that run these businesses are in their fifties and it's not a very sexy industry made agency. Why would you do that? You went to the U S you, you graduate, you know, you, why would you do that? Right. And like, but for me, it was like the value. I'm chasing this value. So I think that really try to understand yourself. Like, what are your values? And then do things, meet people, speak to people, connect with others that resonate with your values. And you will be surprised at what opportunities open up for you, right? The opportunities will run to you when you know your values. Oh, Sophia, I love it. I could listen to talk all day and I'm just loving this conversation, honestly but I am mindful of your time. So I've got a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is, what has been your greatest failure and win to date? I tend to not really view my past with regrets or in terms of failures. Like what you said, people always see in some ways like the rosy picture when you're an entrepreneur, when you're running a business. I would say my... And I wouldn't call it a failure, but you could be seen as a failure perhaps. But something that I wished that I had viewed differently, I think, was I did care quite a bit about what other people thought of me, right? Um, and even though in my mind, right, I would say, don't let it affect you. It was hard for it to not actually affect me. You know, when I left corporate, when I was thinking of doing that, there were lots of naysayers, right? People who would look down on my decision. This word is too often used, but change maker, right? And I don't really like calling myself a change maker, but people would see me like that, like you're a change maker, you're such an idealist. And of course, a part of me was affected. And I think that I had to do a lot of self-work to kind of not listen to those voices, like lots of journaling. It was something I wish I wasn't 
so affected by those voices. If I could tell my young self, I'd say, hey, like everyone's on their own journey. In fact, the people who are saying these things, they don't understand you, they don't know you. I would say that if I hadn't found that internal confidence, ultimately to ignore those voices, it could have been overpowering. So I would say that would be like a failure or, or a really big challenge, I would say. A win. I think I would say this, I don't know whether this is work-related necessarily or career-related, but I think that as an entrepreneur, your support systems are really important. And in the last five years, I think I made a really good choice in a life partner. And I think it's important to talk about this because especially as a woman in a fairly traditional country, I mean, Malaysia, I mean, we, we are progressing as a nation, but I think that the gender roles can still be quite traditional and I recognize that not every woman has the privilege, the opportunity to really chase for her dreams because perhaps family is telling her that she should be focusing on other things. But I think that my partner has been so supportive. From the day that I was deciding to leave corporate, for him, it was like, just go, like, take the leap, right? We'll get through this, like, you know, don't worry. And then even in the most challenging days, Right, knowing that ultimately there's someone who you can rely on to listen and to walk with you. Because of course, like no matter what, me and my co-founders, we were the ones having to face the challenges. But knowing that there was somebody who would walk by you, I think that makes a, a huge difference. And I would say like I'm really grateful that I was able to to really prioritize certain things in a partner and, and I think I consider that a win for myself. Oh my goodness, Sophia, I love it. So look, Sophia, over the last four years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You've received a lot of recognition for your work. And most recently, you were featured on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? One, I think, is to seek for a mentor but also ensure that finding a mentor that really understands your business's challenges unique to your industry. I think that's really key for us, at least because we're so niche, like ethical recruitment is such a niche thing. Like having that mentor who understands your business, I think that's one. The other thing I think which is really important is culture, right? Building your team and being so conscious of what kind of culture you want to build. And every company would have different needs. And for us, because our work is so emotionally challenging, you know, we're managing workers with employers and there's a lot of challenges that we need to navigate, like the power dynamic, beneficiaries from different backgrounds, culturally, socioeconomically, the, the ethical nuances of our work. I would say like, think ahead, what type of culture do you want to build in the company? Because I think when you're not certain and when you hire and you're not on the lookout for that, the day-to-day dynamics can shift fairly quickly and you want to be conscious of the fact that you're building a team that is aligned to your company values. You know, sometimes people have their values, you know, on their website, but perhaps they just like kind of typed it out really quickly, but no, like take the time, think about it and live and breathe your values. That's a second piece of advice. And thirdly, I would say it's important, I think, to have senior level hires or a co-founder right, or a partner that has a 
different skill set from yourself. I think in every business, there are different parts of the business. Like you have sales, operations, marketing. For us, we have post-placement care, which is like aftercare services involving a lot of like counseling, mediation, community building. Really do think about that deeply because when there are so many things happening at the same time, you want to be able to, you know, delegate responsibilities according to people's strengths. And I think when you can rely on that and you, and you understand each other so well, like who can do what, like who can manage different aspects of the business, it helps overall for the business to function smoothly when there are serious problems, right? Of course, when there are real problems, like it's never going to be super smooth, but in order to get the train back on the track, knowing like who can do what based on your strengths really helps. Couldn't agree more. Oh, Sophia, I've loved that. Before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, particularly us young, ambitious women of colour, that if we have that vision, that goal and that dream and that desire to make a difference, we actually can go out there and make it our reality, although it won't come without a lot of hard work. But so for that, we really appreciate you. No, thank you, Michelle, for like having a Malaysian on your podcast. Oh, yeah, I, I do believe that Southeast Asia needs more representation. So I love the fact that Pink Holler, you know, we've been invited. And I think you also interviewed someone from Singapore recently. And that means a lot. That That means a lot. Oh, I so appreciate that. It's a global show, so it only makes sense that we have someone from everywhere. And the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I don't know whether I can say this in a very eloquent way, (laughs) but I'm going to try to just speak what I'm feeling. I think it's being able to sleep well at night. It really depends on your personality. But for me, like, I think if I left this world not being conscious of how I contributed, I wouldn't feel satisfied, right? And following that conviction of mine, right, even in the hardest of days, you know, I just feel like exhausted, like mentally, emotionally. Maybe I would have cried a lot on that day. But the next morning when I wake up, it feels like it makes sense. Like I'm meant to do this. It's really hard, but it's meant to be for me. Oh, Sophia. Oh, my goodness. I absolutely love this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Like, it was lovely to meet you. You too, you too. And where can we learn more about you and Pink Collar Employment Agency? All right. So you can find Pink Collar, hirepinkcollar.com. It's our website. Facebook, Pink Collar Employment Agency. Our Instagram handle is hirepinkcollar. And for me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sophia Aliza Jamal. My Instagram is private, so you'd not be able to see much from there. But do spread the word. I do think that ethical recruitment can only work if it's a global thing because people are migrating everywhere from different countries, different places. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I want to get involved in ethical recruitment. I live here and here. I want to start an ethical recruitment agency. Please like reach out. 
we would love to be connected and grow our network together. Amazing, Sophia. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. Thank you.